Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. This is a special Sunday edition of the Merciful Service of God, uh, Blog Talk Radio, Biblical Instructional Program. Um, I've had to take a trip uh, to Oklahoma, and I just recovered from that, and I had a couple of other issues that I had to deal with here uh, locally. Uh, But um, they are done here, and I apologize for not being able to be on my regular schedule, but at times in life, as you well know, you have to make adjustments. So uh, this is a special Sunday edition. This will be just for 30 minutes. There are a couple of things I want to go over here quickly as far as world events are concerned. Uh, Number one, I don't know if you have uh, read in the news, but this is certainly a historical event in the history of the world as well as a biblical prophetic event. And I did a program before I left for Oklahoma that uh, it's a possibility that something may happen uh, around the ninth of Av or on the ninth of Av uh, prophetically uh, because it has happened uh, like that for the Jews um, historically around that date, the ninth of Av, which is uh, this year on the Jewish calendar, I think it was July 16th. The new moon calendar could be, I think, uh, I think it was on the 18th or the 17th or the, or the 19th or whatever. But anyway, this event, this prophetic event happened around that time, and I had no clue, even though I was talking about um, the sins of sodomy leading, of course, to God destroying Sodom and Gomorrah because of the homosexual act of them lusting for the angels who look like males. So anyway, uh, what happened last week? Let me type in here, Queen Elizabeth approves same-sex marriage. So you just type that in Google, and it'll just pop there (laughs) Uh, in your search engine here. It says, gay marriage reveals surprise contrast between starchy Britain and whatever. Here here it is, USA Today. I'm going to click on this article here in USA Today. You could actually type in this phrase in Google yourself. Uh, Queen Elizabeth approves same-sex marriage, and you'll find a whole whole bunch of stuff. uh, 5,650,000 results. Uh, In in my search engine, it was uh, 26... um, seconds uh, to pull this up. But anyway, um, I'm going to read this to you from the USA Today. Queen, Here's the headline to the article. Queen gives stamp of approval on gay marriage in Britain. And Brit means covenant and ish 
British are part of the ten tribes of Israel, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't believe that, uh, you need to go to your Davidi's website for further proof for those who are very skeptical. And, you know, I don't expect you to believe me because I said you need to go prove it for yourself. So go ahead and go to www.b as in boy, R-A. I'm sorry, www.b as in boy, R-A-T-I-M.org, Britam.org, B R. Is Brit B R I T A M dot org B R B R I T A M dot org Britain. Just trying to make sure I'm giving you the right uh, URL there. So look on there. There's a lot of comprehensive information proving to you that the British people certainly are a major part of the ten tribes of Israel, who historians claim that are lost, but they are not lost to people who know the truth about it. Anyway. The headline to this article, Queen Gives Stamp of Approval on Gay Marriage in Britain, London, Associated Press. Britain, on Wednesday, legalized, this is last Wednesday, which was July 17th, Britain, on Wednesday, legalized gay marriage after Queen Elizabeth II gave her royal stamp of approval, clearing the way for the first same-sex weddings next summer. Lawmakers cheered as the House of Commons Speaker John Burkow said royal assent has been given one day after the bill to legalize same-sex marriage in England and Wales cleared Parliament. The Queen's approval was a formality and is the last step necessary for a bill to become law. So this, barring any surprises, uh, Britain has approved, given their stamp of approval by the Queen's authority, that they will allow same-sex marriage in the Commonwealth of Britain. That is major, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed, and it only confirms what Yeshua stated in Luke chapter 17. If we go there, Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, and beginning in verse 28. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, and they built it, or they built Verse 29, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, and it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So what he's telling you is that we will be in a society that will accept homosexuality as the Sodomites did. And that is approaching, and I don't know if you understand this or not, that is a gauge, a measure that Yah is revealing to you and what he's using to tell you that we don't have that much time left until his second coming, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm not going to predict dates, months, or years, but I know it's, it's beyond my comprehension for the Messiah not to come back here in this century. Uh, we're talking about 87 more years from now. At the point we are right now, and when you look at everything and what he said in Matthew chapter 24, uh, his coming is at the doors, folks. Uh, he will be coming in this century. I, I just can't see him not unless we have a renaissance of repenting, unless uh, we repent of our sins, which that's not happening worldwide. So as long as we persist and continue it, it, it looks like the 21st century has to be the century he's going to be returning. It's just too many things going on right now that he's predicted 
and Matthew chapter 24 for that not to occur. And he told us to watch and pray that we'd be able to escape all these things. So we have to look at these events. And these events are, are there, exactly as he said in Matthew chapter 24. So anyway, in verse 31 of Luke chapter 17, in that day, and also in this chapter, in that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Now this is the same phraseology that he used to describe the tribulation in, in Matthew chapter 24 and Mark chapter 13. So he's comparing the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah with the tribulation period. So I just want you to be aware of that. Uh, also, um, which happened around Tisha B'ah, which is also prophetic. Uh, let me go to the Temple Institute real quickly here. TempleInstitute.org. Let me look at the latest news here. Well, around Tishabat, the the Temple Institute, uh, they um, had some kind of presentation in reference to uh, their new temple. They have a new temple museum because uh, they are certainly um, lobbying for the new temple uh, to be built. As a matter of fact, thank you. Um, Here we go, right here. It's an IBA news report. Let me turn this down here. It's an IBA news report that the Temple Institute's new Holy Temple visitors. So, uh, basically, uh, let me see if I can type this in the um, type this in the Google search engine. Hopefully, I'll be able to come up with an article here on this. But you could actually type in uh, this and actually get the video and look look at it yourself. But it, to me, is major news that uh, the prophesied third temple. Um, is in the process of uh, being built. Uh, Not literally yet, but they are planning to do it. And the New Holy Temple Visitors Center has a lot to do with that. And this happened also around Tisha B'ah. And uh, it's interesting that uh, this this is happening, and this happened around Tisha B'ah. It really is interesting that that uh, again, it just happened around that time. It really is. So, but I implore you to go to um, their website and look at the uh, the news report of this of, of them opening uh, the new Holy Temple visitors. Uh, let me take a look at it again here. What it says um, it says IBA news report. The Temple's Institute's New Holy Temple Visitors Center. That's what it's called. The Temple Institute's New Holy Temple Visitors Center. So it's, it's arousing interest in the um, prospect of building uh, the temple. And in Revelation chapter 11, it states that there will be a temple in the end times, folks, a rebuilt temple. And there was given... Revelation 11, verse 1, And there was given me a, a reed like unto a rod, and the angel said, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out, and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city, 
the entire city of Jerusalem shall they thread underfoot 42 months, not half the city, the entire city. That will be triggered to start of the tribulation. Verse 3, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy 1,203 score days, clothed in sackcloth. So, uh, you can see for yourself, and then the Messiah stated in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, the following. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stands in the holy place. The holy place, that is the temple, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when you look at, if you type in the word holy place, the Bible gives you the definition of what that is in the scriptures. And I have the ESORT program, and it's a pretty good program, and you can actually search for things by phrases. And I typed in holy place here, and then I'm going to get the Bible definition for a holy place here. So in Acts 21, verse 28, it states the following, Crying out, men of Israel, this is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the people and the laws, accused, false accusing Paul here, and this place, and further brought Greeks also into the temple, and it polluted this holy place. So the holy place is the temple. Uh, that That is what Yeshua meant when he stated, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, stand in the temple. So he's telling you that there will be a temple built in this in, in the end times. This is what the Messiah, who is God, the Word of God, stated. So we need to pay attention to what he said. So, um, let's understand that and let's believe what the Messiah said, that there will be a temple in the end times. So let's uh, realize that and uh, let's realize that we need to, to get ourselves together we none of us know when we're going to live but if we are going to survive as i stated in my last program we need to prepare to preserve ourselves even fema our government uh, department uh, or program for emergency tells you to always be prepared for catastrophes and we should be all right in the remaining 16 minutes uh, i'm going to go over something that i've been having a problem with people lately uh <laughs> They're giving me the impression that correcting them or anyone correcting someone is is cruel and harsh and not an act of love. Even if even if I'm a little stern about it. Well, I don't know if you I don't know if any of you realize this or not, but Yah has showed quite a few times in the Bible that he can be pretty stern in correcting. And some of that is necessary, ladies and gentlemen. Let, let's look at, to start off this Bible study, let's look at Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9. In the King James Version, With my soul have I desired thee in the night, yes, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, when thy judgments are in the earth. What does judgments mean in Hebrew, ladies and gentlemen? It means verdict, sentence. It means uh, ordinance, right sentence, okay? Justice, the suit, the crime, the penalty, um, abstracting justice for that. That's what judgments mean. Are in the earth. The inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Again, let me repeat this. For when thy judgments are in the earth, 
the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. That's one of the major themes of the book of Revelation, ladies and gentlemen. It, it describes the judgments of God on the earth. And it does describe in Revelation chapter 7 people repenting and in other places in that book, people repenting because of the judgments and punishments that are on the earth. And those punishments and judgments aren't pleasant, ladies and gentlemen. They're not supposed to be. How else can you uh, influence adults to repent? We can't get spanked. So other things have to occur to influence us to repent, ladies and gentlemen. And people, look, nobody likes pain. Nobody likes pain. But God does inflict pain. And when you spank a child, as he commands us to do in the Bible, despite what some people think, it doesn't feel good, but it works. I spanked my child for 10 years, and it's worked. Anyway, Deuteronomy 8, verse 1, All the commandments which I command thee this day and you observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether you would keep, our com keep his commandments or not. Verse 3, And he humbled thee and, and suffered thee to hunger. So he allowed them to hunger. And, and he fed them manna, which they did not know, neither did their fathers know, that he might know what man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. We have the examples of Joseph and ultimately the examples of Job. That whole book of Job is about him suffering. Why did he suffer? For righteousness' sake. And there was a slight flaw in Job. He thought he was on the level of, of God himself. And he realized that, and he repented in dust and ashes. Okay, so that whole book of Job is a good book about if you think you've gone through something, look what Job went through. He lost his riches. He lost his, his family other than his wife who cursed him, told him to curse God. Uh, he, he he went through a lot. He was being criticized and murdered, complained to constantly about his condition. You know, uh, totally. And the man held up. Uh, but his only flaw, from what I can see, was that he thought he was on the same level as, as Yah himself, as far as understanding him. And he wasn't. None of us are. So anyway, let's understand that correction is love, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the scripture that I use for this program proves that, but I'm going to go into detail in the remaining, um, how many minutes I have? 11 minutes left, so I better really... I'll be quick about this. So um, let's go and begin in Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 9. It states, no, uh, verse 19, rather. Acts, I mean, I'm sorry. Revelation 3, verse 19. Revelation 3, verse 19. Revelation 3, verse 19. As many as I love, uh, I rebuke or correct and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. So he's telling us to be zealous. Zealous in the Greek means to, to have warmth, therefore, and repent. And repent and change. That, that's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. So your Lord and Savior in red letters in the King James Version, and this is part of the message to the assemblies, is to all the assemblies, these messages. And he's telling us that because he loves you, he corrects you and chastens you. Okay? So let, let's understand that. And in Hebrews, 
Let's go to Hebrews chapter uh, 12, starting in verse 5. It says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto, unto children, my son. Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. And I've been getting that lately. Uh, people despising correction. Nor faint when you are rebuked of him. <laughs> For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And scourges. Now, what does scourge mean, ladies and gentlemen, in the Greek? It means to flog. To flog. And so, he not only corrects us, but sometimes he has to flog us. In other words, it has to, it's going to be painful correction. Painful correction. And somebody say, oh, you hurt me. Well, whoopee-doo, what did you do? Okay? I mean, of course you're going to get hurt. If you hurt other people, you're going to get hurt yourself. So why are you surprised about that? It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he who the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all you are protected, then you are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and, and we gave reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father's spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, and people expect punishment to feel good. There's no punishment that feels good, and correction at times is painful, but, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And that's what people need to understand. You need to understand that David understood this perfectly. In Psalm 41, verse 5, who was a man after God's own heart? Psalm 41, verse 5. He says right here in Psalm 41, oh, I'm sorry, Psalm 141, I'm sorry, Psalm 141. <laughs> Let's quote it there, Psalm 141, Psalm 141, verse 5. says, let the righteous smite me. Strike down, that's the original Hebrew for smite, to conquer, okay, to break down. Let the righteous break me down. It, it will be a kindness. That's what he looked at it as, being kind. And people accuse me that when I correct them of not being kind. Now, I don't shout and scream and holler at people most of the time. Sometimes I slip and, and make mistakes. We're not perfect. All of us have a problem with our mouths, as James 3, verse 2 says. We all need to work on it. But in most cases, I'm gentle when I talk to people, and I try to correct them in the, in the most gentle way, as all elders are commanded to do. And even still, I get accused of being not kind. And he, and he says, let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil which shall not break my head, but yet my prayer also shall be in their calamity. So anyway, that is the attitude that each and every one of us ought to have when it comes to correction. Now, if somebody's screaming and hollering and cursing at you, trying to correct you, of course you have a legitimate complaint. But if somebody is just telling you doing something wrong and you need to change, and, the, and they have evidence, scriptural or otherwise, that you need to change, you need to stop fighting that individual and fighting God. That's what you're really doing because God is using that person to help you change. And you need to change and repent. That's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord commands us to repent. 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 
to change. And if we don't change, none of us are going to make it into the kingdom of God. None of us. And, you know, Acts chapter 17, he commands us all to change. I'm not going to get to all the scriptures today, but I'll get to the ones that I can get to. Acts chapter 17. Uh, first of all, we all have come from God. That's what the scripture states here uh, in Acts 17 verse 29. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or, or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to change. And why is he commanding us all to change? Verse 31, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. That's the reason why we better repent. And also he states in Luke chapter 13, I know this is not a favorite scripture for a lot of people, but I don't care. Luke 13, verse 2, and Jesus answering, saying to them, suppose you that these Galileans, were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. Verse 3, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Perish means you won't exist. Verse 4, or those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Verse 5, I tell you no, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That's the reason why we need to change, ladies and gentlemen, and we must become like little children uh, in the attitude of, of change, because if we don't do that, none of us will be in the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 10, verse 15. Actually, uh, Mark 10, verse 14. Let me read this. Mark 10, verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer, allow the little children to come unto me. And forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Verse 15, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter. That's a very powerful scripture, ladies and gentlemen. Very powerful. And I'm reading out of the John Gill commentary. John Gill was a Hebrew scholar. Uh, he's commenting on this. He says, As a little child, laying aside all pride and prejudice, attending thereunto humility and meekness, Okay, And then he said, he shall not enter there, and he shall attain to no true spiritual knowledge of the gospel, nor shall he be admitted to a gospel church state and to the ordinance of it. So, in other words, you won't enter the physical kingdom of God that's going to come on the earth, or even spiritually, if you continue to think that you know it all and can't be corrected. Matter of fact, in Proverbs chapter 12, Proverbs chapter 12, starting in verse 1, it says, whoever loves instruction, that word instruction in the original Hebrew means correction and rebuking, loves knowledge. But he that hates correction is stupid or brutish. That's what brutish means in the original Hebrew, stupid. So if you don't want to be stupid, accept correction. Accept correction, ladies and gentlemen. Your Lord and Savior is telling you that. Thus says the Lord. All right? And Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19. I'm going to close here. If you want to know what love, a part of love is, it says, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. That's a part of loving, ladies and gentlemen, whether you realize it or not. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against thy people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. 
To follow the right procedures of correcting people, please refer to Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 17. Okay, that's a short Bible study today on correcting. Yes, correcting is a, is a sign of love, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let anyone convince you otherwise. May the Lord bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week on Saturday at uh, 10 o'clock or 10.30. Take care. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 